not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does you know what do you have in that room, and the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Greetings and welcome to the Outside World, the Athletics Oklahoma Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. It's been a little while since we've been with you. Uh, we haven't had an episode since February, and there has been a lot that has happened since then, as I'm sure you all know. If you somehow do not, if you uh, you know live in the middle of nowhere, off the grid, but only listen to this podcast, I guess I have a lot of news for you. Uh, the entire country has essentially been shut down in a lot of ways due to the uh, ongoing spread of COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's it's had an impact on everything, every aspect of life. It feels like uh, you, everyone is stuck at home um, or they should be stuck at home as we try to flatten the curve on this thing. But uh, obviously this has had a major impact on Oklahoma athletics. The OU football team practiced one time for for the spring, and then everything was shut down. Uh, OU did get its pro day in, so that's good news for guys like Parnell Motley uh, and some of the other guys on the OU roster who were not invited to the NFL Combine. It really, you know, you have to feel really bad for the guys out there who uh, not only didn't get invited to the Combine, but then also didn't get to have their own pro to get to have the pro day at their school uh, because a lot of pro days were canceled around the country. Oh, you got theirs in right before everything was canceled. Uh, the next day after OU's pro day is when uh, they were supposed to practice the second time. And that was obviously canceled. Uh, all of this stuff uh, went down. I, I think on that same day, uh, right here in Oklahoma city, the, uh, the Utah Jazz came to town. Rudy Gobert uh, had tested positive for COVID-19, and the entire sports world essentially shut down after that. So it was very strange to have all of that happen right here in Oklahoma City. But, um, you know, th- this is a weird time. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Nobody really knows if there's going to be a college football season. Uh, and we will get into that a little bit later on this podcast. I uh, I, I want to kind of catch you guys up on, on some of the things that have gone on, maybe not COVID related, uh, because later in this podcast, we'll be joined by Norman Mayor Bria Clark, who was very gracious with her time uh, and, and gave us a little time to update us on what's going on in Norman, uh, what's going on uh, at OU, and what are the real chances that there there may not be a college football season. And I think that's a crazy thing that nobody really wants to think about right now because uh, that would that would be terrible. That would be terrible uh, for a million reasons. Uh, but, it, you know, it's a very real possibility if, if we don't get the curve flattened. So uh, that will, that is Mayor Clark's message, and you'll hear that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's also my message. Stay home if you can. Really, stay home if you can. And, uh, and let's, let's, we're all in this together and we need to, we need to get this thing, the curve flattened and, and get this thing, uh, get, get everybody back on track. So, uh, but, but to get into a little bit of the football things that we did know before all of this stuff went down, uh, there was a foot, there was a quarterback battle. Uh, well, I, I, I actually have vowed not to use that phrase, so I'm sorry. There was a quarterback competition i'm using air quotes it's going to be spencer rattler if if there's a football season spencer rattler is going to be the starting quarterback for oklahoma i think uh, everybody knows that and that's no offense to tanner mordecai 
uh, who, who I think is a good guy and, and is working really hard. And, and, and I don't mean to diminish him in any way, but Spencer Rattler is almost certainly going to be the starting quarterback. But that was still a storyline throughout the spring uh, that, that was going to be ongoing. I think fans were probably really excited to see him in the spring game, which also is kind of interesting because OU has uh, announced that their spring game will not be on April 18th as originally planned. But they haven't canceled it yet, and I think that's really interesting. The Big 12 has not done what other conferences have done and just gone ahead and canceled everything. Uh, all the spring sports have been canceled, uh, but the the, the foot, spring football has not officially been canceled yet, and it will be because it's going to have to be. I don't really know what everybody's waiting for, but... Uh, that is the that that's sort of the current situation. There may still be a spring game, but I I can pretty much guarantee you that there won't be. The uh, city of Norman's stay at home order is through April fourteenth. That will, you know, I would imagine that will be extended. Um, and they've already said the spring game is not going to be on the eighteenth. I don't know when it would be. Um, none of the guys are in. T- a lot of the guys are at home. Um, it, it would just be really hard to turn that all back on uh, here here in the spring. So I, you know, I think people were probably really excited to watch Spencer Rattler in the spring game, uh, to watch, uh, you know, these the young receivers see how they connect, to watch Alex Grinch's defense uh, in spring number two. But all of those things are almost certainly not going to happen. A little bit later today, I'm recording this on Thursday morning. A little bit later today, Bob Bowlesby, Big Twelve Commissioner, will do a teleconference with the media, and maybe we'll get a little bit more uh, clarity at that point. But what else has gone on? Well, Trey Sermon, uh, the running back who you know has been a huge part of the Oklahoma offense uh, throughout his time in Norman, has decided to enter the transfer portal, which really wasn't that surprising. He there was clearly some kind of falling out last fall between him and the OU coaches. Uh, I, I don't really know what what caused it, and I don't know that anybody really does outside of you know people uh, within the program, but. Uh, you know, he, he got no carries against Texas, and Lincoln wrote that off as sort of a, a one-off thing. But then he never really got many carries after that either until uh, – and then he got hurt. Then he tore his ACL, and he was out for the season. So uh, a really kind of a disappointing end to Trey Sermon's Oklahoma career. But he now moves on to Ohio State, where he will probably be the starting running back. So it will be really interesting – to see how Trey Sermon's career plays out at uh, at Ohio State, and obviously we wish him the best of luck. He he was a, always a really good guy to deal with. I don't again, I don't know exactly what happened uh, that that caused this falling out, but I do know that his lack of playing time is the reason. Last year is the reason why he decided to enter, enter the transfer portal. The interesting thing about it, though, is that he decided to do it. Uh, not at the beginning of January or right after the Peach Bowl, the way that a lot of those guys did who entered the portal, but instead waited until you know after spring practice had already started. He was on the roster when when we got our uh, pre-spring rosters uh, earlier this month. He was on it. He was you know uh, so I don't know if maybe he was giving Demarco Murray a chance or if there was some academic reason why he waited. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, possibilities there, but Trey. But the bottom line is Trey Sermon will not be back, which really is going to create some interesting uh, an interesting situation in the OU running back room because now Kennedy Brooks is so clearly the number one guy, uh, and behind him you have Ramondre Stevenson, who's a really good back, but is probably going to miss the first five games 
because of that NCAA uh, drug test suspension uh, that cost him the Peach Bowl. So uh, it's going to be Kennedy Brooks, and then it's going to really be up to TJ Pledger, who hasn't played a ton in the backfield. Marcus Major, who was hurt for most of last year, redshirt freshman, uh, coming up this year. And then Seth McGowan, who is a true freshman who enrolled early and got to practice one time in the spring. You know, the whole point of coming to school early when you're a college football player is to go through the spring and get that leg up. And they got one practice, the guys who enrolled early. I know you had a bunch of them that enrolled early. So really interesting to see how that will uh, all shake out. Also would be remiss if we didn't mention this is, you know, this is a football podcast and we mostly talk about football, but it is a real bummer and it's a real shame that a lot of OU athletes had their careers prematurely end. Uh, you know, winter and spring athletes um, that were seniors or even that weren't, that just had a season cut short. The OU softball team was, was, you know, very likely to make another run at the women's college world series, which is also canceled and is also going to cause a lot of uh, problems. I think for Oklahoma city in terms of economics, the OU baseball team was having its best season in a long time. They were, they were teetering on the top 10, a top 10 ranking and, and, you know, maybe, maybe we're, we're going to make a real run at Omaha. And, uh, then there's obviously Maggie Nichols, uh, perhaps the greatest athlete in Oklahoma, in university of Oklahoma history. Uh, you know, a terrific college gymnast, uh, had her career end. I mean, she was going to end her career as one of the greatest gymnasts, probably in college, uh, college gymnastics history. I think there's a real case to be made that she's the greatest athlete in OU history. And she's also been through a lot. This is a, this is, this was athlete a, uh, in the Larry Nasser uh, lawsuit. This is uh, a, a young woman who is extremely courageous, is extremely resilient. And, uh, and you just, you truly, truly hate it for her that, that this, uh, that this ended the way that it did for her. But, uh, Wrapping things up before we get into the the mayor, our interview with with Mayor Bria Clark. Uh, really looking forward to that conversation. But uh, wanted to give you a quick update on recruiting. That is the one thing in college football that has not stopped. Now, obviously, guys can't visit. Uh, they can't, and the coaches can't uh, go uh, visit guys on the road right now. But they can still recruit. They can still DM. They can still call. They can still text. And that stuff is going on. And a big bit of recruiting news came out this week as five-star quarterback Caleb Williams from Washington, D.C. put OU in his top five. Uh, he, he was able to get to campus earlier this month before everything shut down and obviously liked what he saw because he's, uh, he's listed OU in his top five. So obviously OU needs to get him. This last year they ended up with Chandler Morris, who uh, was a guy Lincoln Riley really liked and wanted. Um, but you know, they, they, that, that didn't come until really late in the process. They, they want to get a, uh, a big time quarterback in this class. And they thought they had one Brock Vandegrift from Georgia was committed for a while, decommitted, flipped to Georgia. And so now Caleb Williams, uh, I, I think he is not even a consolation prize. He might be, uh, you know, he might, he might even be better for Oklahoma, than what they would have gotten with Brock Vandegrift, uh, who is also a terrific quarterback. But Caleb Williams is is an exceptional player, and if they were able to get him 
and basically have him there waiting in the wings when Spencer Rattler is done. OU can just continue churning out these big-time quarterbacks and, and putting up these big-time numbers. So uh, Caleb Williams is, is obviously a guy to keep an eye on. So with all of that said, uh, uh, that's a very, very quick update. But wanted to wanted to do that before we get into the interview. And now we'll go to our interview with Norman Mayor Bria Clark, who's going to update us on uh, the, the city of Norman's COVID-19 response and what this all could mean for college football season. Now happy to welcome to the podcast, Norman Mayor Bria Clark. Uh, Mayor Clark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. No, thanks for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity. Well, let's just start with the basics. What is the latest? I know that there's been a stay-at-home order issued. Can you kind of give give everyone an idea of where Norman is at in all this? Yes. So our stay-at-home order was originally designed to go into effect at 5 p.m. today. But when the governor announced his an hour before ours, we wanted to align the timing. So it is actually in place now. It started at midnight today, Thursday, March 26th. Uh, people got kind of confused with the midnight thing, uh, but it's in effect now. And so all non-essential businesses have been closed. It does not mean that we have gone around Norman and locked everyone in their homes. <laughs> uh, we're just trying to put policies in place that encourage people to social distance and only go out when needed because uh, all of the medical professionals say that the coronavirus is three times more contagious than the flu. Since it's a novel virus, we have no antibodies. There's no vaccine that we can get. And until we get better testing and know exactly where this is at and how much it has already spread, the only thing that cities can do is to to hunker down and just to kind of stay away from each other at this point. And the quicker we do that, the quicker we get a hold of it and the quicker we can get back to normal. Do you have, I mean, is there any way to have any idea how prevalent it is in Cleveland County and Norman right now? The only way to do that is testing. And so unfortunately with the HIPAA and privacy laws, we actually aren't told a lot. It's protected by, again, those laws. And so we just get the numbers. Uh, and, and we find out when companies disclose that, oh, it was one of our employees, which can be very frustrating because residents turn to us like, well, where was it? Especially the OU ones, you know, it's on campus. Can you at least tell me what college it was in? Was it a student? Was it a faculty member? And I don't have that information. And so that's the, the most frustrating part. And so we need all of the testing we can get to see what we're dealing with. But I mean, look at the state's numbers. Yesterday, they went from 106 to 164. You know, we're going to have some new numbers come out that are, are going to be very sobering. And so that's just going to be, I think, our reality for the next couple of weeks until the testing is, is at the levels that we need it to. I mean, and then you also hear recommendations. If you're not feeling well, just stay home. And so it seems like the only people who can get the tests currently in place are if you're hospitalized, uh, which clearly it's, it's gotten to a very bad point at that time, uh, and first responders. And I fully support testing our first responders because, you know, when we had the teacher walkout, we were able to emergency certify uh, those people to be teachers. I really don't want to start emergency certifying medical professionals, and I don't think you can. So we've got to protect them as much as we can because they are on the front right. lines of, of battling and this virus and keeping our residents safe for sure. How are things at Norman Regional right now? I mean, are they being overwhelmed with people coming in or, or is that 
is that maybe still in the future? They they cannot tell us the numbers. So that's what I mean about how uh, we just don't have a lot of information. We do know that they have had COVID-19 patients there. We do know that they are asking for more PPE or protective equipment like every healthcare system in our nation. But I don't think we're, we're at like, we're certainly not at a New York level, but that's why we have to act now. Because by acting now and stopping the spread and flattening that curve, we won't see our healthcare systems get overwhelmed and potentially collapse. And that was the whole goal in preemptive action. It wasn't to, you know, step on people's rights or ruin their spring. Uh, it was to, again, protect our healthcare system because we need it to work for COVID-19, but for everyday medical emergencies. People are still having babies. People are still having heart attacks. And so it impacts so much more than COVID-19. And I don't know if people have wrapped their heads around that yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, to, Norman and OU are so intertwined in so many ways. I, you know, can, can you give us an idea maybe of, I mean, how much are you right now coordinating with OU? How much have you coordinated with OU? I know they're pretty much shut down right now, but um, how much, how many meetings, conversations are you having with them? Well, President Harris and I have an ongoing text conversation. We're both in a million meetings a day, it feels like, but we have an open line of communication, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, same with John Woods. He's one of the, his government liaison team members. And John Woods actually joined our EOC meeting. We have an emergency management team that meets via Zoom. Right now, we're about every other day, and OU is more than welcome to participate, and they have been from the beginning, which I, again, thinks. Uh, speaks highly to how we are working together and coordinating our efforts. You know, Norman wouldn't be what it is without the University of Oklahoma, but the University of Oklahoma certainly needs the city of Norman at the same time. So the closer we work together, the better. And we, we see that and we're already doing it. So I've been very, very grateful for that. And I know that they don't make their decisions lightly, but they have to protect their students and faculty and staff. And the students, faculty and staff are residents of Norman. So we are, are certainly in this together. And I know that decisions to um, end the, the sports season and, and events on campus aren't made lightly. And, and they, they keep us informed of that because obviously there's an economic impact for our community. But I think we're all, I appreciate how serious they're taking this. And I, again, I know they don't make these decisions lightly, but they've been flexible. They've put the, the health and safety of, of students and, and faculty and staff first. And uh, I'm grateful for that. So, Mayor Clark, we've seen how this has impacted uh, the spring athletes. Uh, obviously, you hate to see someone like Maggie Nichols' uh, career end early. The, the softball team is always really good. The baseball team was good. A lot of a lot of those sorts of things. But when it comes to uh, the fall, is there a real risk that college football season won't happen uh, if people don't uh, ad adhere to these guidelines? I think so. There's a very real risk that could, at the minimum, be very different. You know, we may not be in a position to allow these large crowds, which will drastically impact the game, but also I think the local economic impact. You know, what I've been telling everybody is Norman has been so proactive because we want to get back to normal as soon as possible. We want to hit this hard now and hunker down 
get control of it, and then get on with our lives. I very much need a good football season, not only for my just overall <laughs> spirit myself, uh, but for our community. We, we need that sense of normalcy, and we certainly need, again, the economic drive that the football games bring to Norman. And so uh, my goal is that we, again, work hard to get ahead of it, be proactive, and everyone pays attention and follows the, the stay-at-home order so we can have a football season. If they don't, if we can't get a hold of this, I don't know how we wouldn't have to do the exact same thing we did for spring. But that's months out. Uh, I don't want to you know, get ahead of it that far, but I'm certain that people are already having conversations about this. They're realizing how serious it is and coming up with plan B. But you know, I, I prefer plan A of, of tackle this head on, stay at home, uh, get the testing in, and then get back to normal as soon as possible. I'm, I'm ready to, to return to normal in the fall, that's for sure. You know, I know that you have been very proactive and out in front of all this in Norman. And obviously, if Norman can get it under control, that would be great. But, you know, the rest of the state has not been as proactive. I think that's probably fair to say, uh, particularly in some rural parts of the state. People come from all over Oklahoma to, to OU events and OU football games in the fall. Are, are you worried that the rest of the state, you know, hasn't caught up to this and, and could potentially, I you know, I don't know if there is a football season bring it back into Norman because the rest of the state hasn't been uh, maybe as, as proactive as you've been. I am. I, I really wish that, you know, as a state, we would take real measures. The recent order of closing non-essential businesses was kind of underwhelming given that how my staff reads it is there's like nothing on the list that isn't considered essential. So I don't know what actually closed besides what we'd already closed. So Norman's order is actually uh, more specific and that's the one we'll be following. But you're right, it's certainly more effective if everybody does it. But I also have, I can tell you from personal experience, there are people who've told me that, you know, I'm not gonna follow what you say. I'm gonna follow my governor and my president. So this is a time for the whole nation to really come together and, and do the right thing at the same time. And that's actually what will lessen our, our economic impact. And you mentioned, you know, we get a hold of the virus and then it comes back. There are definitely concerns about, they call it a double spike, I believe, where we, we see our spike, we get it under control and it comes back. That is my worst nightmare. So uh, we're going to do what we can here, but it would be a whole lot more effective if the entire state would do it. And unfortunately, I think, Norman can be proactive all day long, but it would appear that we're taking a reactive approach everywhere else. So time will tell how that works. Uh, and I'm really just hoping that we don't have to see this astronomical spike for them to go, oh my, maybe she was right. <laughs> because it's not <laughs> right. me that's right. It's, it's the doctors, it's the scientists, it's the experience of communities around the nation and around the world that I'm looking at. You know, I'm not a doctor. I, I, run a leadership program in the College of Business. Um, but I, I know to defer to those that are. And that's what we've been doing here in Norman. 
Well, uh, well, well, Mayor Clark, thank you so much for for taking the time to uh, to to join us here on the podcast and help uh, spread the word a little bit uh, about what you guys are doing in Norman, about what we need to do as a state. Um, I'll, I'll give you the last word. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you'd like to convey to to people? I just appreciate you taking the time to talk about this. I know that it's scary, but burying our heads in the sand certainly isn't going to help us. And people need information. We need to know what's going on. And to all the residents who are taking this seriously, thank you. I really appreciate it. You are are definitely a part of the solution. But with as contagious as this is, we need everyone taking this seriously. And so don't wait until it impacts someone you know or someone you love. Take action now. Stay at home. Work on that massive to-do list that you've been procrastinating on. Do your spring cleaning. Get your yard in shape. My family, we've worked on our garden. Uh, There's a lot you can do to take advantage of this weird time that the entire world has found itself in. But again, the sooner we all take decisive action and make the decision to practice safe social distancing for real, the sooner we'll get back to life as normal. And uh, I'm real hoping that, that by fall and football season, we'll find ourselves there. So thank you so much for the time today. So again, thank you so much to Norman Mayor Bria Clark for coming on uh, the podcast and, and giving us that great update. Really appreciate her time. And please heed her advice. Please stay home if you can. Please help us flatten this curve. Everybody wants for there to be college football season. And uh, and we can't do that unless people start taking this really seriously. So, uh, so thanks again to, to Mayor Clark. On Monday, we will have another episode of The Outside World. A little bit quick turnaround. Uh, but and this one's going to be fun. We're not going to talk about football. We're not going to talk about COVID-19. We're going to talk about the Tiger King. If you have not seen this documentary, it's a docu-series on Netflix. Uh, it's about a man named Joe Exotic, who was a zookeeper in rural Oklahoma for many years before he went to prison. Uh, this recently came out. It is a great quarantine uh, thing to pass the time. He is a fascinating human being. Uh, there, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on. You learn about the world of, of uh, these big cat people and, uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. But we are going to talk exclusively about that with our friend Eddie Radosevich from Soonerscoop.com. Uh, Eddie and I broke it all down. That episode will be released on Monday. But thank you all so much for listening. One last thing that, that I'll add. If you have not signed up for a subscription with The Athletic yet, I know that there's not any sports going on right now, but we are still working very hard to provide you guys with good content, and we would be very honored if you'd signed up for a subscription. Uh, Right now, you can get 90 days for free. That is an offer that they have not come close to in terms of uh, the the offers that we put out there. 90 days for free you can get right now if you sign up uh, for an athletic subscription during this time, and and we hope that we can help you guys get through – get through your social distancing time. So thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back soon.